Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays, the night I answer your questions at 514-800. You can text me. Some people prefer to email me. That's fine too. Lori at drlori.com or if you want to get in touch with me right away uh, by voice, 514-790-0800. First one, dear Dr. Lori, please, oh please, with a Texas-sized slice of pecan pie with fresh cream on top, invite me to your party. I'm a psychiatrist from Dallas in Montreal for a year. I listen every night and would love to put faces to all the voices at CJD. How nice. Uh, and that's a Dr. Dino. Dr. Dino, thank you for writing in. And that just reminds me we have about four spots left uh, for our big event on Friday evening. So if you are interested in coming to our live broadcast and party, it's our 20 years on the air, which, by the way, today is National Radio Day. So it's uh, very fitting. Uh, and I'm uh, very pleased i'm i'm proud to to be here with cjd for 20 years um love working with all of you love speaking to all of you uh so we're celebrating this friday night with a party Uh, it's an invitation only event so send me a text at 514-800 tell me why you'd like to go and we'll put your name into a draw we're going to have uh, performances by Stephen Boyce Melissa Plett and Dolly Blonde Dan Laxer will be emceeing the whole evening it'll be fun to see him play Dirty Minds with the audience as well uh, we'll have a couple of uh, sex exploration booths nothing don't worry uh, it's just there for information purposes only uh, to show you we'll have a kink our kink panel will be uh, we'll have a booth with some of their stuff we'll have a, a booth on sex so you can ask all kinds of questions a world-renowned artist will be there Eric Waugh he's going to do a beautiful live painting and a nice erotic painting for us which will then go up for auction on Facebook we've got lots and lots of prizes we have a dessert reception provided by cook and date we have beer with amazing uh, Peroni Nastro Azzurro beer uh, it's a high-end Italian lager so that's uh, heard it's absolutely delish uh, Les Delices La Frenet will be providing beautiful cake pop and balloons will be decorating with uh, uh, some beautiful balloons of course and we have all kinds of prizes plus everybody gets a gift bag so it'll be a, a, a really really great event and I'm uh, so looking forward to it and during our broadcast by the way I should really talk about that too because we're going to be on the air between 10 and 11 even though the party starts at 8 30 uh, Paris Mansouri will be interviewing me on the air uh, so and your chance to ask whatever questions you want of me but I reserve the right to not answer if they're too personal let's just say um, but whatever we can we could talk about the show we can talk about uh, the the field of sexuality I don't even know what Paris will ask me, but it's a surprise. So we'll uh, we'll all enjoy that. Um, all right. Texter writes, hello, thanks for the show. Here's a tough situation I deal with almost daily and would love to get some advice from an expert like, like you. I tend to get a lot of erections during the day. Although this is appreciated at home, it is quite embarrassing in public. I already tried the distraction tips and storing it behind rubber underpants, which is quite uncomfortable. Do you have any tips on minimizing the occurrence and minimizing the embarrassment? That's like being in a in a state of uh, complete arousal. There's a 
I'm not even sure why this is happening. I have no idea how old you are either. It's very common in young teenage uh, pubescent boys when uh, they're at their peak of testosterone so that those spontaneous erections can happen. But I wonder, um, it's like there's a, a condition called persistent arousal disorder often associated with women who are constantly in a state of arousal and it's very, very uncomfortable. I know it might sound great because they're having all kinds of orgasms during the day. It's not great. It's very uh, uncomfortable, embarrassing, and as you say, it would be the same thing. So it just, it means that the blood is constantly flowing uh, to your genitals. Okay, you're 24. Has this been going on since puberty for you? Is this like a, a or is this something something new? I would check w- with your doctor, although I don't know what can be done about this, um, but maybe possibly through medication. Uh, I would, my guess would be that giving you uh, some kind of antidepressant might suppress that because the side effect of the antidepressant, it might, A, can reduce erections, uh, reduce arousal. So those are the kind of the nasty side effects of uh, antidepressants, but in your case might actually benefit you. Those uh, those side effects might benefit you. So I would speak to your doctor about that and see uh, if it's going on. It happens a lot in the summer when I go out, and yes, this is sort of an arousal, but not always in that state, uh, and it's been going on for years. So uh, a lot of blood flow there. You probably have this persistent arousal disorder, and very little is known about it. Unfortunately, I wish I could help you more with this, but I would go with trying the antidepressant. It doesn't have to be in a high dose. It can be in a low dose and see if it has an impact uh, on you. So talk to your doctor about it though. Talk and and see what uh, he or she says about this. I just turned 23 in uh, July. I'm having my first baby in September and I know I still have a lot to learn and I need help. I've only been with my boyfriend now for 11 months and we're always talking about kinky sexual things but have a hard time executing them. I recently went to a sex shop to buy a lot of different things for us to explore with and still feel as though we're a bit uneducated. I'm very interested in these types of things and would love to attend this private event. Oh, okay, so you want to come to the event to find out uh, from our uh, our kink panel. all right. Well, Kiera, we'll put you in the draw then for uh, for this event as well. Any tips to minimize the embarrassment when it happens? You know, if you walk in the halls of uh, high school, a lot of the guys have their books in front of them, <laughs> holding their books in front to hide the erection. Maybe, uh, I don't know, does anybody else have any suggestions? Like how to minimize the embarrassment of walking around with an erection. Anybody? Uh, if you have any tips for our listener uh, and our, our texter, send them in and we'll, we'll put it out there for everybody and see what, uh, what we come up with. 514-800-2-TEXT-IN. Uh, I'm a big fan of your show and try to tune in as often as possible and always manage to learn something more about sex, love, and relationships. Thank you very much for the free consult. 
There is one issue that I've experienced through my 20 years of marriage, which ultimately ended with a divorce a few years ago. It is spousal incompatibility, which was not there at first, but which became more evident over time. Is it normal for people to change so much over time where there are things that were suppressed were there things that were suppressed in the beginning? And as we grow older, we become more honest with ourselves and whatever makes us tick as a person. Well, needs to blow out in the open at some point in our lives. I wonder how many couples you've met in your practice that have experienced the same. I guess these are midlife crises, but why? I have a feeling as we mature, grow older, different experiences we could very well become different from what we were at a younger age to the point that the person we married is not the same person any longer. Can this be? I have a feeling there are many couples that have gone through this and would like to learn more on this issue. Uh, That's a very good question. And I'm thinking now of a statistic I read of um, people who are getting married later in life, uh, so closer to 30, have a better chance of marriage survival, right? And it could very well be that by 30, you have a pretty good sense of who you are and so maybe less likely to go through some kind of midlife crisis. If you marry at 20, at 30, you're not the same person necessarily you were at 20, and you might have different wants, different needs. You are exploring yourself. You're still getting to know yourself. The the brain doesn't even fully mature until the age of 25. So, uh, yes, in these cases, definitely, uh, definitely possible. More of your questions answered and lots of text to get to. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Your questions answered tonight on this Trouble Tuesday. Uh, so a couple of people have responded to our texter who's 24 years old and has persistent arousal I would say disorder. He said it's embarrassing and he uh, throughout the day has these spontaneous erections and can't seem to to stop them. So a couple of people uh, how to deal with the embarrassment. Uh, This person writes, embarrassing growing male appendages I found out young. If you hold your breath for two minutes, appendages go into hibernation. All right, well, there's a tip. Uh, Another text writes, I'm willing to bet this happens to this young man when he has to pee, like morning erection. Penis can be tad more sensitive when you have to go. Had same issue in my 20s. Feel lucky you can get erect randomly. Will not last. That I can assure you. Another text writes, I used to masturbate six to seven times a day at his age. uh, Not uncommon, that's for sure. Another question of 514-800. Hi, Dr. Lori. I'm a healthy and fit woman who is 57. I've always been able to orgasm easily, but the last year I've been finding it harder and harder to orgasm even if I masturbate. In the past few weeks, no matter how often I masturbate and how close I come to coming, I can't orgasm. Uh, It is very frustrating and uncomfortable. I'm always on the brink of orgasming, but unable to complete it no matter what I do. What may not help is that I also recently started an antidepressant, which may be making things worse. Although the problem with orgasm has been slowly increasing more and more over the past year, and I've only been trying the antidepressant for a couple of weeks. 
Okay, couple of issues here. So at 57, you're menopausal. So when women hit menopause, usually part of the aging process, unfortunately, and it's the same for men, it takes a lot longer to get to the same place as you did before, and it takes more direct stimulation. Using a vibrator is probably your best option. But having said this, being on antidepressants, one of the side effects, there's a, a few sexual side effects. One is the inability to have an orgasm. The inability to get an erection is another issue with that. So those are the, the two major complaints. And for men, it also delays their ejaculation or makes it almost impossible uh, to ejaculate. So definitely your antidepressant is to blame. Um, for most of it right now, you should, <coughs> excuse me, speak to your doctor, um, see which one you're on and see if you could add possibly, uh, another, there's a, a other ones on the market. So you, they may change your antidepressant. They may say, okay, this one has side effects. Let's try you on something that has less sexual side effects. It's appalling to me that doctors don't tell you this when they give you the antidepressant because sexuality it affects quality of life and not telling patients, Hey, I'm going to put you on antidepressants, but this is what might happen. This is the, the sexual side effect. It's almost like you shouldn't have to worry about sex if you're depressed, but hello, it's still part of, uh, can still be part an important part of your life and quality of life. So, uh, I find that uh, rather sad really, uh, but it, that is the case. So, uh, for sure antidepressants have that sexual side effect find out if there could be another one also ask about wellbutrin wellbutrin is one that can be added to uh, an already uh, to, to the antidepressants you're already taking to offset some of these uh, sexual side effects so give that a go and uh, and see but please always speak to your doctor don't mess around with your with your meds on your own don't just stop taking your medication you have to be followed by a doctor to get have the to know how to get off the medication even if you're starting um, a new one okay I hope that helps five one four eight hundred John writes uh, I am a 72 year old virgin and still live with my mother, I want to go to the event, or may I say, I guess I need to go to the event. Well, chances are you're not going to lose your virginity at the event because that's not what's happening at this event. <laughs> uh, but we'll put your name in the draw, John. Thank you so much for, uh, for texting in. Uh, let's see. My wife has let herself go. Doesn't care about fashion, health, or getting fit. I tried support, criticism, everything I can. I love her. So how do you decide between love and attraction? Wow, that's a very, it's a very good question. Also quite touchy, right? It's, it can make somebody feel uh, shallow if uh, their partner's looks or they let themselves go or what have you they're not attracted to anymore, but you can't help what you, your attraction and her choices, her choice to let herself go has an impact on you. That's clear. So is that fair, right? That it can go both ways. We have to be able to look at this from, from all angles, but I would question this about your wife. Is she depressed? People who tend to let themselves go 
tend to have maybe psychological issues that aren't being addressed. So maybe with a little bit of compassion, talk to her, see if she could use somebody to talk to, a professional to talk to, but maybe, um, maybe she is depressed. Of course, criticism doesn't do it. Um, but being able to be honest and say, look, I, I love you, but you know, I'm, I'm romantically attracted to you, but not sexually attracted to you, um, for these reasons. It sounds like a very harsh thing to say, but, but again, your, your partner's choices do have an impact. They all, they impact us, right? Our partner's choices impact us and we can't hide from that. For some people, it may not affect them at all. And for others, it affects them deeply. So how do you, how do you manage that? I don't know if anybody's ever been in that position, but what, what do you do? Right. Uh, also another way of encouraging your spouse is to encourage her to go out with you, to do things together, to get dressed up, to, you know, take her to fancy places, maybe things like that. Go join a, a an exercise program together, go for walks, like get more involved, uh, that way. I just started having, uh, anal sex. I was wondering the do's and don'ts. So, uh, well, I can tell you how to do it safely. So using a condom, of course, if you want to protect yourself from STI is very, very important that this is a route of transmission that is probably the most uh, common. And that is because the anal tissues, the rectal tissues are thinner and not as elastic as let's say vaginal tissues and are prone to tearing which means that uh, any kind of infection can get into your bloodstream faster. So that's, uh, that's part of it. So, um, you should always use a lubricant, an external lubricant and the anus does not lubricate like the vagina does. I mean, there's some lubrication, but not, not in the same way. Uh, so you must always use a lubricant. You must always, if you are the receiver, be relaxed. When we are not relaxed, what happens? We tense our pelvic floor. We tense the sphincter muscle. And if something tries to, a penis or toy or whatever tries to enter it, it is going to be uh, painful. So you don't want to do that. You also, if you are the penis going into the anus and it, it shuts it, you know, the sphincter contracts then, and you go in it, uh, with gusto, you can actually snap your penis. You could break it. There's uh, that can happen too. Uh, so th- those are some of the things that are important. Some people, you should be, uh, take a shower beforehand, make sure you've had a bowel movement. For example, you can use an anal douche as well to clean out whatever other leftover fecal matter there is there. Uh, so those are the, uh, the do's and don'ts. I think, I think I've pretty much covered them all. If there's anything else, let me know. Uh, although there, there's a great book by, uh, Tristan Taramino, the, um, what's it called? The, the, I don't know if it's the joys of anal pleasure or something like that, but if you look her up, Tristan Taramino, uh, then, uh, you'll, she wrote a whole book just on anal sex, which of course I, you know, I gave you the very condensed version. Um, you mentioned douching is bad 
for vaginas. Yes, we've mentioned that many times. However, for anal sex amongst men, it's normal, no? Yes, uh, douche, but it's a different kind of uh, douching. Usually the, the douches that women buy at the pharmacy have some kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever concoction in it or whatever, vinegar or, or it's not just water. When we're talking about anal douches, we're talking about like a, a thing that looks like a pear with a little uh, like straw at the end of it and you fill it with water. So you're, you're just, you're just rinsing out basically your rectum with water. Uh, but the, the vaginal douches are there to, they sell them to women who, uh, have concerns about their smell or what have you, but they're horrible for you because they change the pH level in your vagina, which can then cause infection. It can also make you more prone to catching an infection. And if you use it after sex and you don't want to get pregnant, it's actually pushing the sperm further up and better chance of getting pregnant. So a lot of people think, oh, I'll just flush out the semen, won't get pregnant. doesn't work that way at all. So there are two very different ways of, uh, of using that. Somebody said, writes in, it's not natural for anal. Why are you giving advice? It may not be natural in your mind, except that 40% of the straight population has engaged in anal sex or anal play. So you go and figure out what is uh, normal or not normal. You know, it's that's a matter of uh, uh, religious opinion, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, coming up, we've got erection issues to, uh, to deal with, uh, and, uh, other things. So just send in your questions at 514-800. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Send in your questions, 514-800. Every Tuesday, I answer your sex and relationship questions. I listen to your show on CJD regularly. I'm 74 years old. My question to you is, since the last three or four months, after I get an erection and penetrate my wife, the erection subsides in two or three minutes. And I take Viagra, but it does little to help. Uh, I see advertisement for a suction apparatus, uh, which develops an erection in four minutes and they claim it lasts for 30 minutes. What is your opinion? So I think what you're talking about is a penis pump, which is a good idea. So what you're telling me is that you get your erection, but you lose your erection. So it's a good thing that you get your erection. Now we have to keep it there. The penis pump gives you a fuller erection. So basically it's a, a cylinder, like a, this device, it's a cylinder. You put your penis inside it and you pump it, pump out, draw out, uh, the blood into the, um, into the corpus cavernosa, which are the, the cylinders in your penis. So it draws out the blood. And then, uh, once you've got a full erection, you take a band. It's a, it's a ring. Basically it's a penis ring that you stretch and you over your penis and put it at the base of your penis. It's going to feel really tight, uh, but that's what traps the blood, which allows you to keep the erection. Usually the recommended time with that penis ring, um, at the base is 20 minutes. I wouldn't say, uh, 30 minutes. You don't want to cut off circulation for, uh, for that long. So yes, that is uh, a very helpful thing. And a lot of men are very satisfied, 
um, with that. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Dr. Lori, I ran into that bad bitch that took me for a ride. It has been two years since I saw her. You make it sound like I know who you're talking about, but I don't. What's the best way to handle this awkward situation if it happens again? Do I ignore her? I was cordial. I've moved on. Okay. So you've moved on. How, as a person, if you, uh, feel good about being cordial, which I imagine you would, you don't have to be friendly. You don't, you can just be civilized. Um, or, uh, you can go the other way, you know, pretend you didn't, uh, you didn't see her, uh, end of story. I'm glad to see you have moved on. Um, did it bother you when you saw her? If it bothered you, maybe you still have a little bit of feelings left in there, or certainly I suppose anger could still be, uh, lingering but you got to let that go right uh, to move on you have to let all of that go is it okay to use vagicil around the genitals but not inside i like to use it near that area instead of a regular body wash also vagicil says ph balance on the bottle so i'm not sure how safe it is it's not that it's unsafe it's that it's unnecessary so you're paying you know, upwards of $8 or so to buy this bottle of like vagina wash instead of body wash, it's vagina wash. Let's just say, except the vagina really doesn't need any kind of wash. Uh, usually like even doctors will recommend that you, all you need to wash it with is uh, water or very mild, uh, soap, like a dove soap or something like very, very mild. Um, Vagisil is in the business of selling vaginal products to women, but they also uh, create problems that I think are not there, like all these companies, right? Uh, part of it is they talk about, uh, they sell, you know, products for odor, products for itching. I get the itching and that you need uh, some kind of cream or cortisone cream or what have you for, for that kind of stuff. But when it comes to odor, you want to get to, uh, if there's a really foul odor, there's an infection that those creams aren't going to do anything, but they're trying to tell women, you want to smell like roses down there. And we have, women have natural smells that are, uh, they're not, it's just an odor. It's, that's it. It's not a, a, a foul odor. It's a, it's just an odor. It has a particular odor and it's not a problem. But somehow we buy into all of this thinking that it is a problem. And this is how they get to sell us all kinds of products, including douches, which are not good for us. So really you don't have to spend the money. You can simply use water or any mild soap that you use to, uh, to clean your, your body with. That's it. That's all. Um, Let's see. <laughs> now, hi, Doc. CJD is always on in the car, even with my kids in it, driving back from a movie or hockey, a friend's house, or pre and post date. If you're on, it's a must listen to show. You have made sex questions and, more importantly, good, correct answers normal. Would love to celebrate your years on the air with you. That's from Tom. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Tom. I hope it uh, generates discussions. I don't know how old your kids are. They may not have the ears for uh, for this kind of talk, but nonetheless, if it uh, creates discussions, 
that's a, that's a good thing. All right, more questions. 514-800. Don't forget, you can also uh, email me anytime, laurie at drlaurie.com. And uh, we still have a few tickets that we're going to give away. So you can send in your reasons why you'd like to come to the event on Friday evening. And your names will go into a draw between now and uh, and Thursday. And I'm really looking forward to celebrating with you 20 years on the air. If you're not going to be at the uh, the event, it doesn't matter. We'll celebrate together on the air because we're going to have a live broadcast in front of a studio audience. Uh, Dr. Laura, your show is one of the only places where we learn about all aspects of sexuality. All the subjects you present and the guests you have on are highly interesting and educational. Keep doing what you are doing. It's great. That's from Sophie. Thank you. That's so sweet. This is so nice to get this feedback on National Radio Day of all days. Thank you very much. Uh, my wife repeatedly gets yeast infection in her vagina, started after a string of antibiotics. Despite repeated prescribed medication, it comes back and infects me too with rash-like itchy pimples at the top of my penis, but makes it a red and uncomfortable itchy vagina for my wife. Please help. So I hope that as your wife is getting treated for her yeast infection, that you are getting treated for yeast infection because if you're not you keep passing it back and forth that's the problem so men too can be treated for yeast infection when your wife goes to the doctor and gets her, her prescription for medication she should ask for a prescription for you as well or go see your doctor but you both need to get treated especially since you are showing the uh, the signs and and uh, and symptoms of course uh, texter wants to know uh, if loving plus size women with big breasts is normal. What do you say to that? Five one four eight hundred. I welcome your two cents on any of the questions that have been uh, asked tonight. And uh, you know, sometimes I can miss things, or I, 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 there are things you can add to it for sure. And it's very helpful. Our listeners love to hear from others too, uh, especially who have been through the same kinds of stuff passion with dr Lori batito on cjad 800 you still have a few minutes left to get your questions in uh just to help out our 24 year old with the persistent erections uh one person emailed me to say tell him to masturbate more often that uh that might work to some degree but my guess is he probably already does uh, this texture, I love plus size women with big breasts. Is that normal? Well, what's not normal? Uh, I wonder. We all have our preferences. One thing I've learned in my many years working in the field of sexuality, 30 years or so, is that uh, we are so varied in what our preferences are for body types and um, erotic encounters and what turns us on and which body parts that we like touched are the most arousing for us where our erogenous zones are they're all different we are all different and this is this has nothing to do with normal or abnormal this simply has to do with what you find attractive and and you know as long as that something is uh, legal and consensual then 
it's not a problem. It, if it distresses you, it's a problem, but it doesn't seem to. So, uh, no, this is simply a preference. Nothing abnormal about a preference. I was wondering if I should be worried about something. There's a bump on the shaft of my penis, similar to the ones on the scrotum where the hair grows, but on the top where nothing should be. And when I ejaculated, it hurts a little, and I was just wondering. So the bump on the shaft of the penis could be a skin tag, could be a pimple, could be absolutely nothing, or could be a sign, it could be a wart, and then a sign of some sexually transmitted infection. I'm not sure about the ejaculation when it hurts, but when you have something, you should have it checked out. You have something that uh, was not there, let's say uh, two months ago or a month ago and suddenly appears there and it's concerning to you and it's not just going away. Have it checked out. Next time you see your doctor, just go ask, please take a look at my penis. I have something there. They don't worry. They look at penises and vaginas all the time. If there's something there, uh, they'll be able to uh, let you know. <laughs> That's a good, because somebody wrote in, it's like asking if it's normal for someone to like extremely hot and spicy uh, food. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's a, it's, it's a preference. It's definitely a taste, right? Uh, it mu must be normal. Look at how many handsome men we see walking around with plus-size women. This is a matter of taste. It's a, absolutely a matter of taste. Uh, hey, Lori, on the subject of plus-size women, I'm incredibly attracted to them, especially if they are quite chesty. As a skinny, tall man, I tend to go for short, curvy women. I find it weird being with thin women who are as tall as I am. I feel my body isn't compatible with them. Well, that's interesting. And and listen, we we look around. We see all kinds of couples everywhere, right? Different sizes, shapes, uh, what have you. Attraction is not something we can explain globally. It's it, it's in the eyes of the beholder. What we what I find attractive may not be what you find attractive, may not be what someone else finds attractive. So um, it's all part of normal. It's all part of normal. Here's another normal question. When a woman ejaculates a creamy substance, is it normal? So a uh, couple of things here. Are you talking about lubrication or ejaculation? Women who ejaculate, meaning women who um, have an expulsion of fluid, it comes from the urethra. That is not creamy. That is clear liquid basically. So I think what you're talking about is lubrication. So when a, a woman lubricates, yes, it can be uh, a, a creamy vaginal liquid is, is absolutely what it looks like. A box of condoms costs a lot. Do you know where we can get free ones? Uh, that's a good question, especially if you're young and you're sexually active or younger and you don't have a job and you don't want to ask your mom and dad for money to buy condoms and what have you. So youth clinics, you have uh, free condoms. If uh, you can go to school at your school, at a high school, for example, you can go to the nurse's office at CJEP, you can go to the health centers and they offer free condoms, no problem there. They, they always have available, uh, available condoms to 
uh, to give away. Head and Hands is a youth clinic up to the age of 25. They do STI testings and offer, I believe, also uh, some free condoms. How do porn stars not get HIV or get... Pre- I don't know what that's and they do not wear a condom and how do they not come fast so first of all there's pretty regulated in the porn industry in terms of testing they have to be regularly uh, regularly tested Uh, like I don't know that much about the porn industry to tell you the truth but I do know that they uh, they're they're regulated in that way. All of them, probably not. There's plenty of amateur porn that I, I don't know what the what people actually uh, do. But the other thing about how do they not come fast is they have, first of all, if you look at produced porn, it's it, it's all edited. It, it you're not seeing the actual long, the whole thing from A to Z. They cut it up, chop it up, put it together, piece it together, all of that. So uh, and you're talking about porn stars like they don't get hired unless they can last a long time they don't get hired unless they have big penises this this is why they're hired in uh you know to act in uh porn movies so let's not forget this is not real life this is not a uh a reflection of what goes on in real life it's like watching the fast and the furious and thinking those are the cars that are out on the road and those are that's how fast everybody goes and that's how everybody drives that's not the case that is fantasy once again right all right who's our winners tonight we have kiera kiera and dr dino we we will see you on friday evening i'll give away uh more tomorrow Oh, somebody wrote the anonym bus that is sometimes parked downtown. That's right. Offers up to 20 free condoms and lube and clean needles. Great organization. Uh, that's true. There is a big bus. I've seen them. The anonym. Uh, that's like a youth-driven, um, it's an organization for, for youth and at-risk youth and, and all of that that are out in the downtown area. And it's a very colorful bus. You, can't, you really can't miss it. Uh, so 20 years Friday. I hope you'll listen to our broadcast, even if you uh, will not be at the party, but you still have a chance to uh, win some tickets to go. I cannot wait to hear the performances by some of our own uh, regular guests here on the show. Stephen Voice, who's a song you hear at the very end of the program, Melissa Plett and Dolly Blonde. Uh, Dan Laxer, I'm so pleased we'll be emceeing. He's been with me for these last 20 years, like we've known each other that long, and he was one of my very first uh, producers way back uh, way back when. So he's been around Passion for a long time. Plus, we're going to have some exploration booths. Our kink panel is going to be doing a little bit of a, a show and tell of some of the, um, the props that are used in BDSM play. Uh, plus, we'll have uh, a sex toy table as well and an expert there who will give you uh, some information and stuff that uh, if you have questions. And, of course, Eric Waugh, who's a, a good friend and a world-renowned artist, will be doing a live painting. Can't wait to see that. Thank you to our sponsors, Cook and Date and Peroni. Uh, they'll be providing the beer and Les Delices Lafrenet and Poppin' Balloons. And we have uh, so many people who <clears throat> contributed prizes that we're going to have a raffle and lots and lots of giveaways. So, very, uh, very excited for that evening to happen. 
In the meantime, thank you. Thanks for your text tonight. Thanks for sending in your questions. Thanks for spending your precious time with me. Thank you to our technical producer, Chris, and Master Control. Uh, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>